Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Cow Corner Podcast. The Birmingham League Show. For your latest dose of all things Birmingham League Cricket. Welcome back to episode 12 of the Cow Corner Podcast, Birmingham League Show. So that's it. Another season in the books. My name's James Hill and here to go through uh, the 2022 season and look at all the biggest news that's been unveiling itself since the end of the season. And there's been a bit. Are my good friends, Will Parton, Usman Awan and Sam Whitney. How are we guys? Hello. Uh, (laughs) Good. Thanks, mate. Very good. Very well, James. Thank you. How are you? Not bad. Good game of squash, Sam. Yeah, I don't want to say too much, but I got uh, back, I got back quite quickly. It was. I hope he's not listening, but he it was a bit of a mauling. <laughs> <laughs> for who? For you or for him? <laughs> no, for him. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit a bit harsh, really, but I knew I had to get back, so I <laughs> up my game a little bit. That you look. I thought you'd lost. It's so awkward and like weird about it that like you've beaten him so bad, yeah. you feel terrible. <laughs> it's a very, uh, very, very modest guy, that's all. It's but more the way around. I kind of felt bad because I thrashed him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like, sorry, mate, I've got a podcast to record tonight. Otherwise, I would yeah. have bet you had a few more points. <laughs> I'd have made a guess. I'd have made a guess. <laughs> pretty, pretty much, yeah. Representing yeah. the nice uh, Whitney coaching uh, gilet as well, mate. Looks very oh, yeah, smart. Man. Yeah. Thank you. Available Thank you. at all good uh, retailers? <laughs> Just available at Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> really, and through me. But... Winter like coaching it. courses going on throughout the summer? Can't Winter imagine. even. Winter? I mean, madness. Right. Since it's going on my own, it's just been crazy with all the junior trials coming up. There's sessions all over the place. I mean, I'm doing an October camp tomorrow. Hmm. 
But and then again, the, the weather's still quite mild, isn't it? So it is actually. Yeah, we can I had a fan on this week in the bedroom. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, it was really hot. I was like, I can't sleep in this. That is, <laughs> that is mental. I thought it was to dry your hair. <laughs> uh, natural. Yeah. <laughs> Officials from uh, Werfield, Schiffnell and Bridge and uh, Ludlow all at your uh, junior trials the other day, I hear, Sam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose we'll go into that, won't we? So, yeah, so... Um, checking up on everyone, aren't they? Yeah, so the, uh, the, the big news, obviously, was that we... Well, the season finished and uh, we had the county playoffs. Uh, which kind of brought its own. Well, you just thought it'd all roll into one and be quite, quite nice and easy. Get the playoffs through. All the, all the sides have won their divisions. But um, no, unfortunately, Ludlow and Stourport on seven uh, from the Shropshire and Worcester cricket leagues. Even though they finished top of their divisions, uh, they could not go through to compete in the uh, Birmingham League County playoffs. So into the playoffs then, we had Coventry and North Warwickshire uh, representing Warwickshire. We had then Tamworth representing South Staffordshire. Then Old Hill, who finished second in the Worcestershire County Cricket League, representing them and representing Shropshire, Whitchurch, who finished second in their league. In the playoffs, the two sides that went through ultimately were Tamworth and Coventry and North Warwickshire, the two sides who had actually won their divisions. So, guys, before we go on to that and all the uh, kind of controversy that has followed, good in the end, do you, would you say that the two sides who actually won their respective leagues are the sides that are coming into the Birmingham League? Yes, I think I think so, definitely. Um I know there was a little bit of talk about maybe it should have just gone to a final, just being the two teams that won the league. But I think in the end, I know it, I know it came down to the wire, but I think in the end, the two best teams have come up. So I think Old Hill will be a little bit hard done by because they were very close. But yeah, I think it all worked out in the end. Yeah, definitely. I haven't seen anything from Coventry in quite a while. I think the last time I played against them was 2000. And so that was a reasonable amount of time again. So, but no, they won their divisions. So going on to uh, what happened. So I think it all really kind of kicked off from the Shropshire League, from Ludlow. So Ludlow, having won the division and the first time in many years, put out an official statement basically questioning and saying that they should have been offered their chance they believed um, and feeling quite frustrated. Then the Birmingham League have then put out their own statement, which read... Are you going to read the whole thing? No. The, the management board <laughs> I, held a... I could, go, I could go for that shower. <laughs> the, the management... So, in summary, the, uh, the statement read... <laughs> They held a meeting on Monday the 26th of September in uh, response to a variety of issues surrounding the County League playoffs, including the open letter from the Ludlow Cricket Club, commenting on the decision to deny the club entry to the County League playoffs to determine the two sides who will be promoted to Premier Division 2 for the 2023 season. The Birmingham League is one of the 29 accredited Premier Leagues in England and must satisfy several criteria to qualify for its accreditation, 
as well as re retaining its Premier League status. Failure to comply with these could have a big impact on the league's funding and standing. So, basically any club that is not registered for Clubmark and any club that doesn't run three teams at junior level in 2022 is ineligible to play in the Premier League in 2023. Point two is a minimum requirement. Leagues are permitted to apply more stringent criteria regarding the provision of junior teams if they believe it is appropriate. So, any club that wants to get into the Birmingham League at the end in 2022 will be ineligible for promotion into the league at the end of the season if they have not either one under 10 or under 11 side one under 12 or under 13 side or one team under 14 or under 15 level. So you need a side at under 10 or under 11s, a side at under 12s, under 13s, or a side at under 14s and under 15s. Now, because of this uh, Ludlow, even though they did run three junior teams, neither of those three teams were in that category. So they had, well, they had... <laughs> They had two, they had one under nine teams and two under eleven sides. Now the big fallout from this is that from this uh, and the open letter, the league have then gone through and found there are three sides who are not compliant with the above with the above regulations who are currently playing in the Birmingham League. Those teams being Bridge North. And Werfield, and finally Schiffnell. I blame the um, I, I just he's obviously ran through all these towns and stolen all the kids. So there you go. <laughs> so <laughs> you find him in his cave, you'll get all the kids back. Yeah. So basically, the Birmingham League then f finished off by saying that they were unaware that Bridge North and Werfield were running a joint under fifteen side, and Schiffnell were running a joint <laughs> under fifteen side with non Birmingham <laughs> League member or Brighton. So obviously this then leads to more questions about what might happen moving forwards in the Birmingham League in regards to relegations and the two sides who finished bottom of the Premier Division 2, which were Wem and Warsaw. Now, I think that Wem don't fit the criteria. I'm not 100% sure on that. They may do. Um, but um, yes, guys, thoughts on that? And I think we'll probably start with Sam, given that it's your side that is um, yes, directly affected by it. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, just from Bridge North's point of view, we're, I mean, we should never have been brought into this, really. We, I mean, a little bit of a heads up would have been nice, but I mean, our under-15 team is our under-15 team and it has one member from Werfield in that team. And Werfield was struggling to, you know, fit the criteria for the team. So they seeked advice from the Shropshire Cricket Board or the Shropshire Cricket League and that was what they were told to do. So, I mean, I think it was a girl who played one game in our under-15s and then... Yeah, we ended up being dragged into it, which I thought was pretty unfair with no prior warning, to be honest. But yeah, I don't think it's going to affect us. And I, I know Werfield have kind of backed us up and backed kind of that statement up as well. So yeah, I don't think we're going to be in, in much trouble. But we still, obviously, we still don't really know. But yeah, that's just a kind of clear it up on a bridge north side. But I think it's kind of similar with Schiffnall or Brighton, I think. I think maybe it's a few more players, but I think because 
someone from All Brighton was actually running the side. The team was actually called All Brighton and not Schiffnell. So, yeah, I'm not sure if they're going to be in any trouble. And same with Weirfield, maybe, you know, slap on the wrist, make sure you get your junior sides out and fit the criteria. But, yeah, we've still got to wait and see. I, I don't know 100% what's going to happen, but I think we should be okay. In terms of, you know, the rules at the start of the season, you know, for Starport, I think they kind of just took it. They knew they won the league, but they knew that they didn't fit the criteria and they, they knew the rules with Ludlow as well. I'm pretty sure Ludlow knew the rules, but it's uh, it's a shame for them because they've never been up in the Birmingham League, but, you know, the rules are there in black and white. So, yeah, it'd be nice to see them up there and, you know, they've done really well with the group of lads that they've got. And I think speaking to a few of their guys, they, you know, I think COVID probably ruined um, a couple of junior teams for them. So I think a lot of cricketers maybe went away from the game and then didn't come back. So they were unable to field an under 14 or under 15 side. And I think they, I think a lot of their under 15s play in their adult teams and Sunday side, the midweek sides anyway. So I think they thought that we, there was no point in fielding an under 15 side, but in the end, it's kind of can come back to bite them, hasn't it? So, but rules are rules. So we still still wait and see. Have you have you got like a time frame you've been given to when you might get a response back in terms of knowing what's actually going to happen? Yeah, I think I think everyone's um, emailed Nick Archer to to see when we're all going to find out, and I think everyone's got the same response. He's uh, he's out of office till November, so. <laughs> So, oh, so that's why I think that's why it's taken so long but yeah we'll, we'll see I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen I don't think mm. I think we'll be fine I haven't heard much about the other side but yeah, we shall see it, I know I think I don't think when I think they were mentioned weren't they saying they didn't fit the criteria either so and they yeah. had they had them for yeah. a, a couple of years as well but so I don't really know if the if the league knew that I don't really not sure why that wasn't brought up a bit sooner but yeah, they say in the statement at the start of the 2020 season, the Birmingham League was extremely disappointed to learn that it had not been notified by their respective county feeder leagues that Pelsall and Wem were non-compliant in respect to their provision of junior teams the previous season, but that when they come, information came to light, it was far too late to change the structure for the following season. The criteria is relaxed due to the fact that there had been COVID for the past few years. Um Stourport, on the other hand, they said it's straightforward. They ran no junior teams in 2022. Yeah, I think I think as well. I mean, I think everyone kind of when they heard this, they they went on to various teams, uh, play cricket sites and checked, you know, and probably checked all the teams in the leagues that that um, if the you know if they had the right amount of junior teams and I know there's a couple of sides who. You know, might have they had a little bit of a shock and kind of created a side in the back end, the back end of the season. I know, yeah. I know one of the teams in in the Premier Division, you know, conceded most of their under fifteen games. So it's kind of where do you where do you kind of stop? So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say any names. Though. I'm gonna sit on the fence. Does this does this bring up a wider debate Both. about kind of junior cricket and getting people involved in uh, building of clubs and increasing the so you know Stourport and Ludlow did get their their chance to go into the Birmingham League whether that would 
uh, attract more juniors to their club and help them move forward as clubs? Or do we need do think, them to be think, ready already? Do you think a junior per, a junior cricketer, when they look to join a club, think about where that first team plays their cricket? I'm not sure they do. Sam, you're obviously more close now than any of us, but do you think that's a young cricketer that they think they care? No, I don't. I don't. Think, I don't think they do. Um, looking at our junior section, I mean, I wouldn't say many of our juniors really care where our first team play. They just they just want a good environment to come and learn their cricket, and you know they want to have a bit of fun in the week in coaching sessions and then playing games. So I don't think they they're really too fussed about where you know their their first team is or second team or or whatever. But. Most of the time, you might find that by the time you get to an age of thinking about moving to a club thinking about playing that standard, you're probably already in some sort of pathway or at a club offers you a high standard of cricket if you're thinking about, you know, or the, in the hardest age to keep hold of is those high ones, isn't it, when it's these days find other things to do in life, fall away from the game, like around the 15, you know, if you're 15, if you're looking at, oh, does this team play Birmingham League? You're 15 years old, you've probably already, you've already probably already made the move. Would have thought. Does this open yeah. up the the possibility that we could end up in a position where we have the same sides competing in the playoffs every year? Potentially, it's it's just hard, isn't it? You know, um, I think it's it's probably easier to get the lower age groups. It's just harder to get that once once they get older. It's just harder. Mm. Um, I don't know what there is to do to encourage people, kids to you know, not sit at home on their phone or go meet their friends in a game of cricket. It's hard to keep people involved. I don't know, really. I think this might be a controversial point, but I think what clubs should do is liaise with the league in terms of what they can or can't support. I don't think it's right that clubs go online and look at other clubs and ask the league to do pretty much an audit on everyone else. I think that's the league's responsibility and that I'm pretty sure it's happening anyway regardless of you know the exceptions in the last couple of years, which have been highlighted. But I think a club should, you know, they should be pretty upfront with the league to say, look, we can't support these many teams, but we can do this, this, this. And and manage it. They shouldn't be looking at other clubs. I think that's wrong. I don't think that's I don't think that should be happening. Um I could see why a club would do it because they feel hard done by. But in hindsight, you, I don't know, for me the right thing wouldn't never be too stit somebody else up because you're getting stitched up. That's a better way of putting it. Yeah. It shouldn't be a surprise at the end of the season to have that sort of news. It shouldn't be a, a surprise. And I think there is there has been a fault by the county board, hasn't there, by not filtering information down to clubs as well. I think there's some information that should have been passed on to certain clubs and it wasn't either rule changes or anything. And like you said, um, they hadn't provided information to Birmingham League as well. Birmingham League can't monitor every club in feeder leagues it's not possible their, their league runs may just the same if not less staff than the county board will operate at there's not the amount of people that can manage, that can support all these teams they need the league to monitor and keep people updated on you know what what criterias are and I know that they'll probably come up with the same excuse or not excuse but that the rules are there to <laughs> there for everybody and you can't just say oh I didn't know or it's too late or you should have told me um and to be fair, I think that's yeah. what they that's what that statement references, doesn't it? Yeah. Where it says that one of the one of the feeder leagues didn't didn't notify us that two teams weren't um 
in the terms of the rules. So I think that kind of makes your point, doesn't it? Well, mm. but I yeah. think, you know, overall, I think in general, you know, you see that numbers in terms of cricket is dropping in terms of junior section in some areas. Mm. So there will be, there will be teams that are affected. I just think the, the team, the club itself should directly liaise with the league. But then again, there's rules there for a reason. Um, unless there's ex- exceptional circumstances, you have to follow the rules. And I think you, you mentioned that one of the teams, I think, won by 30-odd points and clearly won the league. So they, they would have known they're going to win this league for, for a while. So I think they should have been prepared. I think one team obviously won it by the point on the last day or something. Yeah, um, Starport won their league, I think, by 36 points ahead of Old Hill, I think we said. And yeah, uh, Ludlow beat Whitchurch out by points. So on, on that first one, they, they would have known you know, that chances are we're going to win the league. So are we... Are we aware that we meet the criteria for next year or not? So it's a shame, right? Because I think you know nobody would have wanted this situation because they worked hard for six months to get promoted to get to a point where the playoffs, and for that to be taken away because of the rules, not because of a person, because of rules, it's going to be so frustrating. It's quite it's yeah. quite sad, though, isn't it? That you think that these sides they're the premier sides of the county leagues and they can't muster the amount of junior sides that you need. And it's quite amazing to see that some of these sides that you think are big clubs in their own right haven't got the junior sections. It's 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 hard to have the, the staff, especially if you're a club which isn't near much and there's not mm. many volunteers. It's hard to keep track of a lot of things. Now, these rules generally don't change, but from experience of trying to keep on track of what players can play at what stage of the season who's now not able to play in this team, who can't play in this team, and keeping a track of that is quite difficult. It's not automatically done for you. There's not something online which just goes red flag, red flag, red flag. You haven't mm. done this, this, and this. If you do this, this will happen. You've just got to monitor it at all times, and some people just don't have um, the manpower to do that. Yeah. Um, if you look at, you know, it was quite clear here, Shropshire's one of the main offenders of it. And if you look at Shropshire as a, you know, as a county, Within a 10-mile radius, there's between 15 and 20 cricket clubs. We're all trying to put two to three teams out mm-hmm. and field three to four junior teams. 20 clubs trying to do that in one county when cricket is already mm-hmm. limited on numbers. That's going to be really difficult to do. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether this is... I don't know whether it's something that needs to be up for discussion from the ETV down and look at what is... you know Obviously, numbers drop each year. Should clubs... you know? have an easier time of it trying to get it or do you just keep pushing and say no you need to do this keep numbers up and up and up it's not possible um and should the the county league be looking at it as well you know looking at clubs and going is this possible with the average numbers of people that play the game you look at the county of this size of this amount of people is it possible for all of our clubs to be filled in this amount of junior side mm-hmm. you know can they can the Birmingham league look at it and go you know, what, what's, the, what's that top age group? What's the top age group you uh, need to 14, find? 14, 15. Can you, like, make that 13, 14, 15? And then maybe two younger age groups, which is easier to find a team for, I think, because you have yeah, you I mean, more people coming straight up from Dynamos um, that will go the, into a yeah. side like that. Is that something that would make it easier for clubs to meet? I right think, theory? yeah, I think the ECB, they just generally, their general mandate is that you have to have three sides across under nines to under 18s and it can be any three but the Birmingham League have decided that 
as they said in their statement, that they decided that you have to have a side in under 10s, under 11s, under 12s, under 13, or under 14, under 15. Each of those. Birmingham League have a lot of reasonings for stuff, but it usually makes sense once they've explained it to you. But when this all happened, a lot of people went up on social media, and I don't have social media, but I I saw some of it, people sent it to me. And it was just, it's it's like, it's, it's like comments which aren't, backed by any knowledge of how the league works or what it actually means and how serious it is if a team like you know now this has all come out the can of worms is opened you know it puts the league status into doubt you know the, the, the league requires on teams mm. being at this you know doing what they said they should do mm. to get funding from the ECB now even if some of these teams haven't met the ECB criteria you know and the ECB find that you know, what are they going to do for the league? And then what does that then filter down to us? I mean, it affects everyone, not just that specific team. It could affect all the teams in the league. I think the the three age group brackets that they've got as well are the three main, you, you're going to have more chance of getting aside in those three. And I think they are more kind of main development ages, aren't they really? Yeah. Um, playing a, a, a standard of cricket, you know, under 10s 11s probably going to be better than your under 9s I'd say probably I'd, obviously I'm not a coach Sam so I wouldn't I wouldn't know that <laughs> well you, you might there's, know there's Sam, many what's... under there's many under 9s who are better standard than me quite easily but um <laughs> so I won't say too much so, but, mm. yeah Sam uh, obviously as the coach here what would what would you say about the kind of different age level brackets and well, just looking at Bridge North, I mean, our under 11s, we've got we could field two sides there. Under 13s, probably pretty similar. Um, under 15s, we, we've got a very competitive team as well. But you look at the under 15 side as well, they're, they're both, they're all, you know, the, the better players in that side are playing Saturday, Sunday. You know, <laughs> teams around Shrewsbury, they've got midweek sides as well. So they're getting a lot of cricket. So that might be a reason why Ludlow. Just thought oh, we won't we won't put out an under fifteen side because the, these kids are getting so much cricket anyway, and it'll be hard to get a side out because they're playing so much cricket. They they probably don't want to play in their own age group when they're playing school cricket and second team cricket, third team cricket. Some of them are playing first team cricket. So yeah, it's difficult. But I mean, when I was that age, I was playing for the under 11s, 12s, 13, 14 school cricket twice mm-hmm. on a weekend. I was playing seven days a week. So. But it's a bit different now. So, moving away from this, and the main question, because I realise we've got our end of season review and we've got two divisions to go through. Um, which sides of the four that have been mentioned do you think are most in danger? And do you think there is a chance that Warsaw, obviously the one side who do have junior sides and who have been relegated, spoiler alert, um, may survive uh, due to this. Is he? That's a big call, isn't it? <laughs> Don't you dare say Bridge North, is he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to start by saying I want to start by saying thanks, James. That's that. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was just staying quiet then. And just like, just, yeah, yeah. Um. Could you repeat that question? No, okay. Um, I think I think it's yeah. I mean, it's a tough one, right? But I I, I wouldn't have thought. So I think I'm hoping the right thing will will, will happen for those clubs that we named earlier. And I think if you're um if you're relegated, then you know it's reflective of your season. You shouldn't be back in the side or back in the division because 
of mm. a question mark decision on other clubs. Um, so that would be my view. And I think, you know, Sam mentioned earlier that there, there may be some conversations had with the clubs to just to clarify a few things that were named earlier, but mm. ho- sincerely hope nothing further. But then again, it's not, yeah. It's good to just, just kind of stay out of this one, just let, see what happens, happens. But I think Sam's pretty optimistic that, and, and rightly so and confident as well that, you know, the right thing will happen here. What do you, he just what, doesn't want to travel what, this far. <laughs> well, what, what, what do you think? Do you think that there's a side you should be particularly worried? Um, I don't know. I, I can't say because I don't know. the. I've not looked into it. You know, I haven't got that much spare time that some of these uh, Twitter guys have um, to go in and look at all of the other clubs and, you know, oh, look at this. Oh, oh. I don't, I don't have that time. So, um, I, I, you know, there'll be a full investigation. Like, as he said, I'm sure they will come to the right conclusion. But um, all of this is, all I will say is this fence is really comfy. <laughs> Space okay. for two, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> so before we move on to Sam with the final say, obviously something that they mentioned in the statement that was um, when they were talking about second and third teams, uh, so second and third place teams competing in the playoffs, they mentioned obviously the fact that they were they put forward the idea that whoever goes up, even if they don't have the, thing, the accreditation, having penalty uh, points, do you think that they may go for that instead? Sambo. Um, I hope not, but I haven't really thought about it, to be honest. I think hopefully, yeah, like the other guys have said, the, the right thing will happen. Um, and, you know, I know that we're probably not in danger. So if it, if we were to be slapped with a penalty light start on minus points, I'd be very surprised. And I think... You know, I think there'll be a full investigation into that as well, because yeah, because I don't think that's right. But be harsh as well, because there'd have to be seriousness of, of, yeah. of fines as well, because yours is basically one player for one game. Yeah, you know, and you've got the same, you know, fine for a team that hasn't fielded an side all year. You know how you know how do you look at that? And then it's just going to be more of an argument about it, and more social media. Yeah, at the risk of at the risk of opening can of worms here. Sam, why, <laughs> why, why, why did that player play for your club that played for Warfield? I think it was. What was the, what was the context? Yeah, so Warfield came to us, and well, they knew that they only had one player in their under fifteen side, so they, like you would do, and I think like the same as all Brighton and Sheffield did. They went to the Shropshire Cricket League or the Shropshire Cricket Board. I'm not sure which. Shropshire Cricket Board. Shropshire Cricket Board. And just asked for advice um, of what they should do. And, and they came back and said that you should merge teams. So that's what they did. That's what happened. And So the reason, the reason why I asked the question, mate, is because had you not taken that player on, that's one less player who wants to play cricket would have been playing cricket this summer. Yeah, exactly. So, by all means, like that's that the was argument, a, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's the right thing because had you followed the rules and not merged as such, which question mark the word merge, then that person, that cricketer, wouldn't have had any under fifteen cricket this summer, which yeah. is, I think, unacceptable. So, so you can do loan players in Tropical League in adult cricket, so in senior cricket, you can do loan players. So, what's the difference between having crossover players for junior cricket if? 
here, there are limitations on that and you monitor it. You know, you're allowed a certain percentage of over with agreements with other clubs. Like, if you were to do that, you would fill games, have more games of cricket rather than saying, sorry, can't fill the team this week. You know, you actually might have more people participating in the sport because they've got games to play. Why does it matter who it's for? Yeah. The kids. Why does it, you know, why should it matter? As long as they're playing the game, that's all that matters. All that. 100%. In, in no yeah. context, does it, is, is it acceptable that an under-15 cricketer who really wants to play doesn't get to play because of these circumstances of, you know, ambiguous? But I think, yeah. On a side note, I've always had this conversation with someone at the club thinking they should definitely bring in a loan system in Birmingham League cricket on Saturdays. Because if the other clubs drop their players, I'll be like, man, I could do with that player for a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> How good would that be? Yeah. I don't think I'd play for Shrewsbury again if I was there. <laughs> would you play for Mosley, mate? Like fired around. Do, do you want him? Do you want him, mate? <laughs> I'll take I'll take more part in any day. <laughs> But yeah, so I think the the Birmingham League basically will now be. I think a lot of it they're now going to be waiting for um, guidance from the ECB on what to do next. So it could be interesting to see how it all turns out and how it all pans out. Um, I guess you've probably got to be worried for Burfields, and there's a slim hope for Warsaw um, potentially. Um, so anyway, let's move ourselves on to the main part of the show <laughs> and and to our first division, Premier Division 1. Okay, well, and, and on to the first division and Premier Division 1. So your champions for 2022 are Smethwick. They finished top with 373 points in second place. Barnt Green with 336 points. One point behind them, Mosley in fourth place on 306 points kenilworth wardens a drop down into fifth burkeswell 275 points in sixth place ombersley with 263 points in seventh place nolan dorridge 246 in eighth hales owen 234 in ninth place shrewsbury 218 and in tenth place kidderminster with 217 and the two sides relegated in 11th Schiffnell with 180 and also lemington in 12th with 180 so guys what were your thoughts on division one in 2022 i'll go first will well, yeah go on then <clears throat> i think we said when did we do a pod how early into the season was it, it was only about four or five games wasn't it <laughs> yeah Something like that. And um, we all said Smedic were the teams that beat, didn't we? Point most of us did. Yeah. And um, nothing changed throughout this season. I think they had one blip, really. 373 points is a lot of points. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone that's surprised about that. Yeah, one really tough team to beat. One losing draw and two losses all season and two abandoning games. Not bad. Not bad. Not a bad year. They won a lot of games from like losing positions as well, which I think is a reflection of, of a good team and like a champion team. I think they won a lot of games, maybe it's two or three, I think it was the last over, two, three games, nine down. Um, and I think that, like I said, I think it just reflects a pretty good team. So I think they were, I think when they won six in a row at the start, um, and then the last seven, like you're just not going to catch them. No. Yeah, two, two of the clubs tried. So hard trying to keep trying to keep up, but they had pretty much every area covered. Um, yeah, I think they were, they were the best team in the league by far. Your points and Bart Green's points there 
even even Kenilworth, I think um, I think there was a bad rain effect here, but I know it might have been like 2011 or something. Warsaw won the league with 300 points for the last time that they won it. You know, so you look at those, look through the leagues, how many points you got, you find that would win the league at least three different occasions. I reckon the amount of points you've got there. Yeah, I think that reflects the strength of the league anyway. I think that reflects yeah. that you, you've got to win a lot more games now to try to win the league than you did yeah, previously. Probably right, yeah. Um, yeah. But I think it was, I think for us, it was just like, it was what is interesting because you, you're trying to keep an eye, generally, naturally, you're going to keep an eye on it and see how if they're lost or whatever. And we're just like, let's just focus on ourselves, trying to win as many games. I think we won the last seven in a row and then didn't think about it too much. But every time, by the, by the middle of that run, we used to look at Smithwick's scores. Okay, they were eight down, nine down. They might lose. They'd yeah. win. As they got to a point where, like, just stop checking. I forget the second. They're going to win. <laughs> just like bank on them getting 20 points. Let's just get our 20 points. But um, no, man, they, they were pretty good. And Barn Green as well. I think they're, they're, they're a class team. I think so it's like, I think should win player of the year um, in terms of like 60 odd, 63 did hit 70. But 63 was the last thing I heard, or 66 wickets. I think that's class. Class bowler. Cornhill, you should have that available. <laughs> but he was he was phenomenal, mate, this year. Yeah. I, I, I only faced him once and I blocked it. <laughs> <laughs> I got warned twice of being too far down the pitch. It was, it was green and it was swinging. I was just throwing my front leg at him. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got those stats or not? Yeah, 68. <laughs> 68, 68. 68 in the league, but 76 in all competitions. Yeah. Pretty good that uh, for a seamer. Yeah. Tommy Rex was in second with 46. That's so nuts as well. Some jump, isn't it? <laughs> he's, he's had an exceptional season and he's still so far away. Jeez. No, I agree. I think that, I think looking around, there were some really good games actually. Um, Really close games from a lot of teams. I think I was um, I was cheering on you at one point towards the back end of the season. Who um, did uh, Umid see it out for you? In like yeah, uh, was it the last over? And it was yeah. a really bad connection on the M6. We were driving past, and I was with Swifty. <laughs> we were both watching it. We were like, oh, it's freezing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was bad connection, but I think it was our stream. <laughs> that wasn't. <laughs> it was looking, yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a great game. I think we. Um, they batted first and got like 270 I think I want to say 260, 270 mm-hmm. and it was one of those we obviously had a pretty positive start but in fact that's I think that's probably the second best innings I've seen this year um, where we just like as long I knew as long as he was there we're going to win this game yeah. and he was just so it was just ridiculously good and I think it got to a point where it was like 20 off 20 and he thought, okay, he's going to go big here now. Like, yeah. In fact, I think it was really. like 15. It was like, it's like 18 off 15, right? You think he's going to go big. And it was his third, third last over, obviously. And he just took four twos. Yeah. And it was it was ridiculous. Oh. Like, he just killed the game. Even even Barksy was sat with me and he, he was like, that surprised me. Like, he's done that. Yeah. And I think and everyone that, thought he was going to go big. It surprised me. It surprised me because I was like, where's that gone? Where's it gone? It's like two against No. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's go four, but it, no, he didn't really take it on, but um, I think he got, uh, didn't get um, all the strike either, did he? Right at the end. No, I think, I think the young, to be fair, that uh, Raheel youngster, he, he's done really well in it. Like three of the chases, he's always been there uh, in three games and he's, he's kind of seen it off as well, but in the last over, I was like, hey, Andy should take faces, faces six balls and 
I think he just helped with a couple of gifts from the bowler. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I did. I do. I do recall getting a text from you that night saying, "Tell Andy." <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I did. I did. I might have had a couple. Yeah, yeah. Especially, especially with what happened the week before as well. I know. Yeah, I know. I think it was like, I could, yeah, because we had the altercation, didn't we? And I think yeah. I said something like, "Salary is an absolutely wonderful lad." Yeah, <laughs> it's something along those lines. <laughs> yeah, but he was class. He was class that day. But I think for me, like, from from my personal, I guess from Mosley's point of view, the highlight this year. I don't know if you guys have heard much about it. Was Yates's 168 at Barn Green? Um, like that was I think it was one of the first times that the game finished and I had the umpires come into our room there some of the committee members came into the room um, and some of the players that we caught up afterwards sat down for a drink afterwards they all just kind of just said that was like that was by far the best knock we've ever seen um, so they got 300 and too many basically and what really shafted us was this second spell of rain where we lost three overs and so the winning target we always going to achieve the winning target which is like 290. Yeah. For the win, we did extra 20 runs and we were like 18 short or something like that. And he he got 168 of 130. And it just yeah. it just went through the gears, man. And Sutz obviously 60 odd wickets. He hit him for like a few sixes and one over, which was amazing. Like he hit him, kept him on the leg side and he changed his field and he gave himself some room and hit him over point for six. It was just it was just on a different planet. Seriously, good knock, and I think it, it, was, it was one of those moments, right? Where I, I spoke about as a team as well. And for us, like average clubbies, it's like genuinely it a pri- privilege to watch these guys who are on a different level. I think I think he's going to go on to play international cricket, but to kind of just sit back and watch him do his thing for us is like that was a great watch. Yeah. Um, so I think that for me was a from a highlight from a Mosley point of view. That being said, scoring three set. That, that being said, scoring three seven five at Candy was a good day as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, looking at the league table, um, some surprises in there, you'd probably say, but which, whose position surprises you the most? Kitty, I think. Yeah. Kitty for finishing that, I think. I, I don't think know he, how much, yeah. I don't know how much it's got to do with the surface wasn't as good when we, I remember when we played there, it wasn't as flat as it normally is. So, I don't know if the, how much effect that had, but they really, I think they're a very good team. Penners did a great job. He's a good captain. Yeah. Scores, scores bags of runs. So them finishing on the points that you mentioned earlier, that, that really surprised me, actually. Mm, so they finished 10th with 217, one point behind uh, Will Shrewsbury. And uh, Will, you've given up the captaincy. Um, yes, finally. Yeah. yeah, I saw that, mate. What, what's uh, what's happened there? Ah, five years, wasn't it? Or something like that. Five and a bit years or something. It was uh, just hard work, innit? Um just got a lot going on and it was uh, probably wasn't putting as much into it as I used to to be honest I think I used to write essays for you know pre-match um, stuff you're like this isn't this look out for this let's do this as a theme all this sort of stuff and towards the end it was like me at 10 and that was it <laughs> <laughs> and it like it sent me like uh, quarter to 12 on a Friday night you know <laughs> everyone's like what's the team what's the team I was like oh, I don't know you know, <laughs> but, but you're still playing though, right? You know, oh, you're yeah, still playing. yeah, a lot of the decade in me, yeah, you've put up with me for ages. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if you scored bags next year, mate. Everyone keeps saying that there's a lot of pressure. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Everyone just <laughs> seeing things like I didn't score bags before as captain. So, what makes you think I'm gonna do it now? <laughs> I think sometimes when you felt that pressure and then that's taken away, 
just kind of frees you up, doesn't it? You know what? I don't. I didn't really want to stop, to be honest. But it was um, because I could tell that I wasn't as enthusiastic as I used to be. It probably didn't really seem fair to carry on. I didn't really see myself getting it back. And there's plenty, plenty of young lads. So you're gonna. I don't. Um, yeah, there is someone, but I think that it's got to be officially done through the committee. So I don't think I can actually say. But there is somebody. <laughs> ah, okay. He, he really wants to do it, and I think we'll do a really good job. You know who you are. I'm very much looking forward to going on, sitting on the boundary and offering nothing. I was going to say, do you think that you'll, uh, <laughs> do you think you'll continue in the slips? Well, I didn't continue when I was captain. I, I sacked myself. Sacked yourself? <laughs> I sacked myself. I've sacked myself about four or five times over the five years. It happens at least once a season. I found my position. You're still going to, you're still going to stop onto the pitch, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a drinking hand, <laughs> shouting out my players. I felt a bit, yeah, I felt a Obviously, I feel a little bit bad about the game at your place now, especially after you know with um, Mr. Cousins, unfortunately. Mm. But um, yeah, I felt a little bit bad about that one afterwards when I found out because I didn't see him after after I said a few choice yeah. words. But um, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'll probably even get more heated, mate. Yeah, let's have a fight, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> So also staying at staying at this end of the table, we'll mention the two sides who have been relegated, Schiffnell and Leamington. Now Schiffnell, uh, a side that we mentioned at the start of the season, uh, potential relegation candidates. Uh, but Leamington, after a good season last year, getting relegated and now having lost Oliver Coral, who is one of the early transfer dealings in the Birmingham League, going to Nolan Dorridge, guys. He missed a lot of games, didn't he? And he also didn't bowl a lot. So I reckon that they've massively missed that. Um, yeah. And they didn't have a, a keeper to start the season, really, until Derek came. So um, I think they they just they missed that bit. He was massive um, last year, wasn't he? And then he did, whenever he did play this year, he scored runs almost every week. Yeah, um, I think he's, he's Ollie's, Ollie's class. I think he's... Uh... He's a guy that you want on your team, but he's definitely not the guy you want to play against. Yeah. And he's, yeah, I think he was a massive miss. I think even the keeper from last year as well, I think he's gone somewhere in Oxford, I think, playing cricket. And yeah. I think they, they were shafted a little bit with not getting an overseas visa in time and so on. I think so. Yeah. A lot of things they, went they against him. Last year's class, wasn't it? The overseas. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. So I think they, they all missed him. But I think Darridge obviously was. It's a very good signing. I think he, I thought he was going to single-handedly keep them up. Mm. Yeah. Um, but it obviously didn't quite happen. I think they just probably had too much missing, too much goal against them with Oli getting injured as well. Um, Hard on it. But you, I mean, there's a lot of teams down the bottom there. You talked about Kitty before. Um, they had a huge, really bad run, didn't they? Was it like six or seven losses in a row or something? Because they were sort of like fit. And they had a, a huge run of, run of losses which took him down. Um, and I probably... K and D and ourselves were one game away from having a relegation battle last game of the season. We had a little bit of a sigh of relief, you know, when we talked to each other on the day that we're really glad that it didn't come down to that. Because at one stage we thought it would, it would. Um, and they ended up up in seventh from winning the last game when we could very easily have gone down. I think I think yeah. yeah, I think on that on the on the relegation, I think kind of the re, uh, the, the league reflects um, overall kind of performances and I think unfortunately of the kind of the, the 12 teams there were probably the two that the struggle 
the most, obviously, because at least points. But I think the sometimes you when you're in the relegation, I think I, I, from a, from personal experience, we were we were in the relegation most of last year, mm-hmm. but we just had probably just enough to win the you know five yeah. last seven last year. Um, us both actually. So I think that's they just probably were missing that extra bit of that depth, I guess, to mm-hmm. to come through those results. Yeah, and I think it was something that's shown across the whole of Schiffnell's sides last season. I think it was, I'm definitely going to be pulled up for this, but I'm pretty sure it was only their fourth team who were the only side who didn't get relegated uh, this season. Or it may have been their third, either the fourth or the third, one of them. Um, the other three sides all got relegated, which kind of shows, um, I mean, the twos got promoted into the Shropshire Prem last season. Um, so that was always going to be a challenge. But yeah, that lack of uh, availability and consistency of being able to get their main players um, available last season. But um, they've brought in Shropshire's new captain, Charlie Home, in, uh, f- for Schiffnall next year. Yeah, I hope, so. I, I hope they come back up. I think it's, it's it's actually a very underrated ground as well. I think it's a lovely ground, Schiffnall. It's not the worst to get to. Obviously, distance from us is it's pretty bad, but it's easy to kind of to get to the ground as well, but good, good, good bunch of guys. I think sometimes a club just needs a reset, I guess, to to get going. So if they've had three of the four, unfortunately, relegated, then in the long run, that might do them some good. So I wish them all the best. I think I hope they, they bounce back soon. I do like going there. Yeah, especially they, they're just going to be a bit like yours as well, isn't it? Because they've gone um, hybrid. Um, yeah. Too, haven't they? So um be interesting to see how those been out in a couple of years. Yeah, that being said, their hybrid did not play like our hybrid. No, <laughs> we had, no, no. Yeah, it was a pretty... I remember seeing that thinking... I asked the groundsman, is this a hybrid? He just went, yep. And I think at the end of the day, I said to him, I'll get your money back if I was you. <laughs> because that didn't look like a hybrid. Fair enough. I'll tell Shell you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no disrespect. <laughs> so, talking of disappointment, <laughs> which... Um, which sides do you think would be most disappointed with their season this year? And um, obviously, the sides who got relegated. But I mean, outside of that, definitely Kitty, like you said. Um, in the end, we were happy to stay up. Probably the we've been close to we've been down the bottom a couple of times last few years, but that's the first time I've probably thought right. This is just a hundred percent possibility. Um, it got to come to terms with that, that it might not work out for us. Um, but yeah, it's where we were, but well, that's the lowest book sort of finished in 10 years. Would you say 10 years? Yeah, I was thinking that you know, it's quite it's interesting that one because they actually they actually haven't got that much of a different squad or team from last year. Um, sometimes obviously you see teams struggle after winning so many like leagues and they think, okay, they must have lost a few players or there must have been some sort of exodus, but it's just a similar team and wouldn't put it past them if they go rearing again next year um, because teams are full of class. 2013, they finished sixth. And before that, you have to go back to... They only came in a couple of years before. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, that's the, the lowest they finished in the Premier Division, sixth. Well, there you go. So you're probably definitely disappointed, aren't you? Maybe KMD, seventh. Don't know. It's hard to say, isn't it? League's pretty strong. I think what probably didn't help KD was um, in that in that middle part of the summer where they had Royal London, they just probably missed Ethan Brooks for a lot of games and, and obviously Henry Brooks as well. Um, not sure if Henry was Henry in the in the hundred. He might have been the hundred actually. 
Yeah. But Ethan Brooks certainly yeah, he wasn't. Did. He got, he got yeah. But Ethan Brooks, I think they missed him. I think he's a, he knows that I think this as well, but I think he's a class player. At ball field, I think he's he's up there. I think they, yeah. they missed they missed him a lot in the summer. Do you think that that's going the Royal London's going to have more of an effect on the Birmingham League season moving forward? Depends on how they depends on what time they do it as well. I think I mean I was glad they did it when they did it because that made Barkley was available. Um, but he um, but I think if they they surely won't do that again because this year in in August they had they didn't have a single Red Bull game which I find ridiculous. So I'm pretty sure when they do next year's scheduling, they won't do that again. Mm. Um, if anything, I think it will probably have a positive impact. So I think what if they did it at the same time as the hundred? Obviously, a lot of counties lose their main players to go play the hundred. It allows outstanding performer in the league to might just get a chance. Mm. And and I think when James when we when we met with Carlos Brato, he, he spoke about Oli Coro and said he hoped that he he gets a gig somewhere, even if it's just mm. to play Royal London. So I think. If anything, you know, there's guys who are trialing out there, still playing Birmingham League, might just get the chance through Royal London. Um, so I think, if anything, it'll, it'll probably benefit the league. Mm. Random question: Do you think it would be worth swapping formats round to match the county? Do you think it would be more likely to get players if you were playing the format the county was playing? So the, why why would they come and play a red ball game in the middle of the summer if we, if they if they need to be playing white ball for hard, then play for your club because I need you to be playing some white ball cricket, or do you think it's less likely because players you might get in that format are the players that don't play in that county format, so you get them mm. back because they don't play the white ball or they don't play the red ball? It's a good question, mate. I'm not sure. I think if anything, they it, certainly the bowlers. I think it would just be just bowl, regardless yeah. of what you're bowling with, just bowl. I think they the professions for a reason. The fact that they can adapt between the red ball and white ball. Much better than anyone else can. So, I think it might just be bowlers into just bowl overs. The batsmen is the tricky one because, then again, you've got to be good enough to adapt from a red ball game to a white ball game in between um, club cricket and professional cricket. So, I mean, it's a good point. It's good discuss. Good point for discussion, but I'm not sure it does have such a direct impact. That's it's hard to say. Until, yeah, it's hard to say until it happens because you see it from both sides, don't you? I've never had some. To be fair, I've never. They don't contact me anyway, but because um, I go on. But I've never had a coach say, oh, no, he needs to be playing this format. So ignore what I said. <laughs> Will, what do you think of the, putting on the spot here, what do you think of the, what do you think of the umpiring this year? Ooh. Um, the umpiring has been fantastic, and that is the view of the Calcona. <laughs> hang on, let me go on my, let, let me go through my match reports real quick. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> what I said. Um, uh, one thing I will say is, I think there was definitely, maybe it's because our games weren't close and we were, either get, we were getting battered most weeks, it wouldn't have made a difference anyway. There's always been, every couple of games, maybe a decision which sways the game. You know, and it changes the outcome of the game, and it's like that ruined that game of cricket, or you know, that was such a key moment which got it wrong. You know, and without that, it brings this way or that way. I probably found less of that. I think all the real big decisions they probably got right, and there was just you know, the usual mistakes that we would make on the field that they would make, I guess. Yeah, I think 
I'm going I'm to take a nice little seat on the fence here. But <laughs> I think, um, I certainly think, in terms of mistakes, they, they're probably, you know, less now than they were before, certainly from a, you know, from a captain's point of view. But I think what's been really good this year is that I've generally seen a better interaction between umpires and players. Yeah. I've certainly felt that as well, that the umpires are more, you know, forthcoming for a conversation, have a chat about it, even after the game, during the game. There's more flexibility. Yeah, I think you're right, more, yeah. More flexibility well, as well. In general, everything I think has been more much better interaction between players and and, and umpires this year. I don't know if it's got to do with the message that we got at the start of the season about behavior. Yeah. I think it might have something to do with that. I think those like everyone knew they had to be really on their best behavior going forward. Um yeah. I left that memo at home a couple of times. But they uh, is that yeah, I think you're right. There's definitely more conversation. I think the thing that stumps the most and I, I think I probably wrote about three times is general knowledge like I think like I think yeah, you're right the decision making was, wasn't too, was, it's going to be the same every year like you're going to make yeah. the same silly things happen you you know you can't you can't be 100% it's impossible you wouldn't you don't expect um, but I think the I, I question rules three or four times and would get like blank responses sometimes it generally it might be stuff you don't, you don't expect rule book questions a lot of the time i had one at um uh lemmington away and i had a young lad will jenkins bowling only 15 16 and uh he's getting into he's about to bowl his seventh over but because of his age they're going to take him off after six and i said no the rules change it's uh seven board now you know it doesn't matter how old you are you can bowl seven uh, they weren't having it. And eventually, I told him to go off the field and get the rule book, you know, because it was it, there was a rule change of that year, and I wasn't getting much response. So I made him go and get the rule book. It took about 15, 20 minutes out of the game to find the law and do it. And he said, Yeah, no, you're right. You can bowl at seven, so we can bowl this one. I went, Oh, brilliant. I'm a blow Jenko. They'll bowl this one at 10. No, no, I didn't. I did. I did. No, you I didn't. Thought, well, he was thought he was, was facing, and I was like, Well, we just had 20 minutes out of the game here. I, I'm not just going to carry on. I'm going to bring my best bowler. <laughs> I'm going to start again. <laughs> You're he that stood, guy, aren't you? You are that guy. He stood there and shook his head at me for about half an hour. He's like, He found it funny, <laughs> but he was, he was a little bit annoyed with so. <laughs> Yeah. Fair, fair, mate. But I think I think overall, I think just to summarize from my point of view, I think the the decision swings around about right. You get some, you you some some go against you, some go with you. That's that's by the by. But I think this year certainly the interaction between players and umpires has been uh, much better than I can rem- I previously remember. You're right. Okay, so moving on to player performances. So uh, leading the runs. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Scores at the end of the 2022 season in Division 1 was Jamie Harrison with 1,001 runs uh, with a high score of 122 with an average of 52.688 50s and 2 tonnes at a strike rate of 111.22. In second place, Henry Cullen, 871 runs, also Kenilworth Wardens um, with a high score of 140 and an average of 45.84. In third place, Andrew Mead, 868 runs, an average of 54.25 for Mosley. Bilal Shafayet of Smethwick in fourth place with 855 runs, with a high score of 132, with an average of 61. And in fifth place, Will's best friend, Ben Ben Chapman Lilly uh, from Parkin with 844 runs, an average of 46.8. Nine. Also in the top 10, Harry Johnson for Kenilworth Wardens, 836. In, from, in seventh from Hales Owen, Alexi Cavesi with 812. In eighth from Kenilworth Wardens, Ali Zarab with 784 runs. In ninth place, Oliver Coral with 760 runs. And in 10th place, Nick Hammond from Ombersley with 740 Five runs. The hundreds in the Birmingham League this season. We've got four for Harry Johnson, three for Bill Al Shafayat, Ali Zarab in with all the following with two Jamie Harrison, Henry Cullen, Alexi Cavesi, Oliver Coral, George Hargrave, Dominic Harding, Luke D'Souza, Shane Darich, Daryl Mitchell, Robert Yates. All with the following with one. Andrew Amid, Nick Hammond, Kadir Ali, Mohammed, Kamar Khan, Atik Javid, Neil Pinner, Amir Khan, Liam Gwynn, Nick James, Reid Amin, Roshan, Taylor Cornell, James Middleton, CJ Whitlock, Joshua Dell, Edward Pollock, Rodri Evans, Edward Bragg, Sunil Gunratha, Keith Barker, Daniel Mousley, Carlos Brathway, and AJ Hinckley. I think you're going to go viral like that, uh, agreed <laughs> in the football scores. <laughs> Just absolutely mullering everyone's name yeah. one by one. Um, with the wickets in first place, as we've mentioned previously, in first place, Andrew Sutton, 68 wickets, a best of seven for 25, five wicket hauls with a strike rate of 19.54 and an average of 11.84 an econ of 3.63. In second place, Tommy Rex, 46 wickets uh, from Kenilworth Wardens. In third place, George Panay uh, from Ombersley with 38, and also Yadvinder Singh from Mosley, uh, both with 38. In fifth place, from Kidderminster, Liam Weston with 36. In sixth, Gurinda Singh with 34. In seventh, from Smedic, Manraj Jahal with 33. Also, Eddie Rhodes, 
from Hales Owen and Chris Cheslin from K&D. And in 10th place, finishing out the top 10, we have Atik Javid, Robbie Shermer, James Rudge and Jack Grundy, all level on 32. Five wicket hauls. <laughs> five wicket hauls. <laughs> Five wicket hauls with five Andrew Sutton, three Manraj Jahal, two George Panay, two Jack Grundy and Gareth Andrew. The following all have one. Tommy Rex, Liam Weston, Eddie Rhodes, Chris Cheslin, Atik Javid, Robbie Shermer, Roshan, Edward Bragg, Usman Awan, Tazim, <laughs> Chowdhury <laughs> Ali, Matthew Davidson, Harry Daly, Jack Edwards, MG Pado, Jack Twigger, Keith Barker, Oliver Coral, George Garrett, Mohamed Umar Sheikh, Ethan Jameson, Chase Simmons, Thomas Milne, Peter Clark, Matt Davis, and Theo Wiley. So How many guys... got four? <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, obviously some good players there, but um, who have been your standout players in the Premier Division 1 this season? Roshan. Funny story uh, about, the, you know, um, Jamie Harrison, 1,000 runs. He got dropped to 999. Did he really in the last game? Yeah, okay. <laughs> against us. Oh, dropped, no. He pulled it straight out of deep square. Uh, one of our players dropped it, and so he's like really disappointed. And then he ran the single. They just went. Obviously, there's a fair few people there. They just made a big, big noise about it, scream, shout, and celebrated it. At the end of the over, that player just walked past me and said, "Oh, they made a big deal about that drop, didn't they?" <laughs> and I went, "I think it's the fact that, it's the fact they got a thousand runs." Because of that single that you dropped in the catch for, um, but he uh, he was one that I mean that hundred that he got against us last game he smoked the living shit out of it. You couldn't like we everyone tried to you know, we tried different plans and stuff. It was a I think it was a, obviously such a high scoring game. We got three eighty, they got three fifty something like that, sixty. Um, but he just kept smoking it, and there was boundaries weren't big enough. Obviously, it was quite short. It was quite straight. It was quite short anyway. But he hit him pretty clean that day. So he was, he was a good player. Obviously, to get a thousand runs, can never take that away. I need a hundred in the last game to get it as well. Decent. Yeah. He was, Decent. He was class that day. <laughs> so, so 60 odd wickets, like crazy. And that's for a fastball. I think for a spinner, it's happened before with spinner, right? So I think, remember a few years ago, I said a few, a while ago, Coltac got 80 odd. Yeah. Um, but he didn't break a sweat because um, he just locked him up. Um, but, um, I think for a fast bowler, I assume he, and obviously he, he bowls in power play for them at the start and the end of an inning. So it's key time to bowl and to still get 68 wickets. Like, that's so impressive. Have you got that open, um, Lizzie? Have you got the, all the the top bowlers open there in front of you? I don't. Because there's 15 players with 30 wickets, mm. which is quite a lot. But I'm just, I can only see two spinners. Which is interesting for me. Uh, you might be able to point out a couple more that are spinners. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't really remember what they did. Three, three, sorry. Four. No, three. No, they haven't got 30. I can generally I mean, only, I can potentially only see. I guess. See, yeah. The justification with that could be white ball. The fact that, uh, you know, opening the ball in the white ball for Seamus does a bit more than the red ball. Mm. And then as a spinner, you probably got a different job now, especially in the, in the white stuff, white ball stuff. 
just get three overs rather than being ultra attacking. Just get three overs. I think that might have some. Well, I'm trying to justify. <laughs> well, I didn't get that many wickets, but I think that might be one of the reasons why. But do you think that will hinder development of spinners? I don't think so, mate. I think if you're if you're good enough, you're gonna come through it regardless. Mm. I think you know if you're a class spinner, like I think we've got some really good young spinners in there. Um, they're gonna come through regardless when they grow up and 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 learn about spin bowling. So I think don't think so because I think they get enough cricket playing, you know, um, age group stuff for counties and second team cricket and stuff. Um, in fact, I think they'll just probably develop other skills playing yeah. bowling in the league cricket. So I'm not I'm not too sure if it will hinder spinners because I think if you're good enough you'll come through it other than the ball going further what, what's different about it the white ball mm. from well, how you evolve between the two formats other than, other than what the batsman might do like what do you have to differently I guess you probably you probably have to bowl I don't want to say negative we probably have to bowl a little bit tighter um, I think if I look from my point of view I probably just look to bowl more straighter um, and just think about just going to threes, sort of threes and fours rather than if it was a red ball and I know I've got a lot more overs to bowl. I'll probably be more attacking. Um, so yeah. I think that's probably the one difference I'd say is it's in the white ball stuff. You, you, you want to con- white ball, you don't have to get 10 wickets right to win a game. No. Red, ball, you, red ball, you do. So with the white ball, just think about your 10 overs, one for 40, one for 30, job done. Mm. But I think with a red ball, you can probably go for a little bit more as long as you pick up wickets. Sam? Are you, Sam? Hmm? Sam, your thoughts on spinners in the Birmingham League? Um, yeah, the, for me, it's, I think looking at my economy, it's definitely gone up, uh, since the white ball has been introduced. And I think like last year was a bit of a learning curve. Um, just, you know, tossing the ball up, usually just trying to spin it past the bat didn't, hasn't really happened. And any ball I've tossed up seems to go for six. So yeah, I think like, as he says, just I think bowling a little bit more, bit more negatively trying to bowl it uh, maybe a little bit quicker or into the pitch and being a leg spinner it's quite difficult to do so yeah I, I have found this year that the pitches have been a bit greener and a bit more seamer friendly so I don't know if the groundsmen are trying to look after the seamers or I think groundsmen are just trying to look after their wickets to be honest I don't think they I don't think they try and uh, give an advantage to any team well, especially at Bridge North we just provide green seamers and i Pull me out every week. <laughs> Hope you're listening to this, Rich. Um, uh, yeah, so, and I think in, in Div 2 as well, there's there's not many that many spinners up there. I know Warwick's up there and there might be a couple more, but I think it was definitely dominated by Seamers as well. I think I, I think I think the point about uh, playing aggressive is a good point as well, actually, because I think, I wonder if, how much of that is, you know, watching the amount of T20 crickets on TV right now. Um, and just being a little bit more aggressive. I, I still remember, like, I think back in the, I would go five, six years back in the league, it was a rare occasion that will come down to hit you. I think it would only happen if it was like three, four maidens had gone or a couple of maidens. They would take the risk of coming out and to hit you over the top. Yeah. Where now it could happen the first over and could happen the first two balls. So I think they are more aggressive against spin, which I think is obviously, as a spinner, I like that because I think you can get you in the game. Um, and so I think that I think that sometimes goes in the batter's favour, especially in the wickets. I think you know this year us playing on the the kind of wickets that we've played on, and mostly I think you, you'd be positive the chances are luck's going to go with you because it's a pretty good wicket. 
Um, so I think Sam made a very good point that people are being a lot, batters are being a lot more aggressive towards um, spinners. Okay, great stuff, guys. And I think that nicely moves us on to our next division and Division 2. Okay, so Premier Division 2. <laughs> <laughs> Ozzy's going. <laughs> hey, see us. Ozzy hasn't got another hour and a half. <laughs> Definitely won't do that. Okay, so we move ourselves on to Premier Division 2. And your champions of Premier Division 2 for 2022 are Wolverhampton with 388 points. One loss and one losing draw in their campaign. In second place, Barnards Green with 344 points. In third place, Litchfield, 335 points. In fourth place, Harborn with 301 points. In fifth place, Himley with 282. In sixth, Dorridge with 276. In seventh place, Bridge North with 256. In eighth place, West Bromwich Dartmouth with 244. In ninth place, Bromsgrove with 227. Then down in the bottom three with an unbelievable comeback and surviving, we think, um, with an amazing set of results at the end. Werfield Cricket Club with 201 points. And then the bottom two, Walsall with 163 points and Wem with 132. So, guys, our thoughts on Division 2 this season. And we'll start with Sam. Um, yeah, I think the best two sides went up. Um, Litchfield were probably the biggest surprise. They had a, they had a really, really good season. Um, you know, they didn't recruit that much, um, but they had, they had a great season and they nearly, nearly got over the line. Um, and yeah, I think looking at the teams that went down, probably the, the two worst sides in the league went down. So pretty, pretty spot on, really. Cool. Um, we'll end it there. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and good night, everybody. <laughs> I think you put in, the fact that you're putting Warsaw on one of the worst sides after getting a double relegation is quite mad, really. Yeah, they were. They had, a, they had a poor year. I think you know their their overseas players scored a lot of runs. Um, Ball Pit did well, but I think he played quite a lot of the year with an injury. Um, I think who was their who was their contractor player Benjamin? He didn't play many, so yeah, I think they 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 struggled. So yeah, a shame, massive really for them to go down um, again. And you know, a team that have been in the Birmingham League for a very long time, so it'll be a bit of a shock to the system being in that Warwickshire League. Mm. Does it make the Birmingham League a bit weaker losing one of its founding Founders. members? I wouldn't say so. I mean, you look at the likes of you know, Old Hill there and there, Stabridge as well. So, no, not really. I think it gives. Gives other teams a chance to come up and and test themselves in the uh, in the league. So one of the things that's obviously made this possible, um, both as in Warsaw getting relegated back to their county feeder league, is obviously the restructure. Will how much of a difference do you think that that's made to the Birmingham League? Definitely made it stronger. Um, had to, I think it had to happen. Um, a lot of players who should be playing in the top divisions found themselves in two and three um it's taken a few years but it's definitely brought all the strongest players back to the league 
we were talking with Udi about it earlier. It's um, definitely as strong as I've known it. You know, in years or whatever it is, it's been it's been definitely this as hard as I've ever found it. Um, and that can only be because of the quality of players in there with with less team. Um, and I think it can only have strengthened the feeder leagues as well. You know, those teams that were in there gone back into their county systems and strengthened that league as well. So mm. definitely think it was a positive move and um it's just really tough at the moment, really tough. And that's just great. Yeah, so. I, I think I think um I think that was kind of the plan, wasn't it? The uh the whole restructure it was gonna be it was gonna take a few years to sort itself out, but I think now you look at it. I mean, I I played in Division Three for a long time, and that was a horrible league playing. And then uh, Division Two as well for a, a long time. And a lot of the better players were coming down and playing in those divisions. So I think, like Will said, I think the top two team, top two leagues now is full of quality, quality cricketers, and like you know, the best players are wanting to play in the best leagues. And I think that's happening now. So it's it, it's really good, I think. Mm. and it's. It's a challenge every year to try and stay in the Birmingham League, to be honest. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think you, you, we're now at a point which is, you know, the, the culmination of a, a well-thought-out plan and well-executed, really. I think you know, a good idea. And just make better cricket for everybody who plays in the league, lucky enough to stay in it or be still in those teams. You know, it's one of the, the best stands of cricket you can play in the country. Yeah, you, you you look at you look at the Shropshire League now. The likes of Wellington, Whitchurch, maybe some team like Quart, they they all might be playing in that Division Three as well. So, you know, yeah, it just makes that Shropshire League a, a really really strong league. And like you've mentioned about the Shropshire League, obviously now you've got Shrewsbury second eleven who have been promoted up there. Shifnal twos were playing in the Prem last season, and uh, there is obviously the potential that Bridgenorth twos may swap. With Oswestry, Oswestry, who got relegated last season, who have finished third bottom of the Pre- Shropshire Prem this season, so are in chance of getting relegated, depending on what happens in the Birmingham League and also what uh, the Shropshire League decides to do. Um, if two sides go up from every division, then that would mean Bridge North twos would go up and three would go down from every division, so Oswestry would go down. Um, and they're very much under threat if... Uh, the Birmingham League decide to send Werfield down, which would be a real shock to the system for a side like Oswestry, and obviously shows the strength in, in the in the county feed leagues as uh, other sides strengthen due to the strength of it. <laughs> well worded. <laughs> Very well worded. <laughs> the strength due to the strength. The, the strength Strong. because of the improvement in the league. Strong that was. Strong. <laughs> Sam? Well, I, well, did you ask a good question? I'm not sure. No, I'm just <laughs> waiting for you to chirp in about original. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, our second team have had a very, very good year. Um, I think for looking at what's happened in recent years with Shrewsbury 2s and Shifnal 2s, I'm not sure it'd be, it would be the best thing for 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 us to, to go up into the Prem because we might struggle. But I think, you know, that is probably what should happen because they're in the top two and that's what it says the top two go go up but I'm just struggling to see why there wasn't why we're waiting around to find this out when there should have been something in place before and for because 
I know we've been lucky the last two years with Wem and Werfield both getting promoted in the playoffs, but there was always going to be a year where where the Shropshire team wasn't going to go up. So why is there not something in place to so we all know what's going on? But yeah, it'd be a massive shock for Oswald Street to go down again. And personally, I don't think that will happen. But it would be definitely it'd be very interesting if it did. Making a good audition there for our Shropshire League podcast there, Sam. You've been... <laughs> um... Well, somehow Harrison stays on it. I don't know how he's done <laughs> Man of the people. Man of the people is Andy. Uh, Andy, obviously, on, voice. on holiday. Andy on holiday at the moment there, for those of you who are missing in this week. Um, so, yeah, it's... It's an improved second for your second 11s, obviously, bridging the gap between seconds and ones, given the fact that they're not playing against other second 11s? I think, yeah, the, the gap between those two divisions that Shropshire Prem and Div 1 is probably large. Um, you know, a big step up in standard. Uh, and from there to the Birmingham League, it's even more so. So to, yeah for lads who are going in and playing second team cricket for us to be in a better division and be slightly better prepared when they do get called up or, you know, going between the, the lads who find themselves going between sides to week, you know, it's important that it's not a big drop in standard um, uh, as well as just, you know, not having as big a gap to, to come up in standard. Yeah, I think, I think for us, it's, you know, we're, we're going to have to really... Like, you know, work hard in the winter to to get two. If if our second team did play in the Shropshire Prem, to have two like quality quality sides. So, not not saying that our second team isn't already, but you know, a couple of those guys could be coming into the mm. into the first team next summer. And you know, we've got a few guys coming up as well from the thirds. But to hold your own in the in the Shropshire Prem, it, it's it's a pretty pretty tricky. And like looking at looking at how Shifnal struggled this year their their one struggled and their two struggled you don't really want a season like that do you because it just you know losing most games most weeks it's it's not a good feeling not a good feeling around the club and yeah so but with players like Matt Martin yeah you've always got a chance there Sam quality player and should have got a mention on the Shropshire podcast yeah, no, I actually, uh, yeah, listen to that. I couldn't believe Matt didn't get a mention. He only averaged 134 or something. No. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, didn't quite, didn't quite make it. But he also did. He also did very well when he came into the first team, a couple of fifties, and he, he. I mean, he's he's a he's a top top player, Matt is, and I think because well. he, yeah, it's quite a long way to the left, doesn't it? Because he's a because he's chair because he's chairman at the club now. It's I think he just. Unfortunately, he kind of does everything for the good of the club and plays more in the twos than the ones, which um, mm. is a shame because I think he should play a lot more first-team cricket. Right, enough about Shropshire cricket because I know everyone wants to hear yeah. about it, but we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll go back on to Birmingham League. So, yeah, so we've mentioned that Litchfield, your team who gave you the biggest surprise. What would you said? Many would have predicted West Bromwich and Walsall being in the positions that they're in come the start of the season and do you think that there's anyone who feel would feel disappointed in their season I think definitely uh, West Brom would be disappointed they had a, they had a very good overseas um, I know quite a lot of players left um, 
and you know they brought in the likes of Tim Maxfield as well, very experienced cricketer. So I think they'd be definitely a bit disappointed. And I think in the end, I think they're pretty pretty happy that they they stayed up in the end because it was getting a bit bit close for them at, at one time. But yeah, I think they'd they'd be a bit disappointed with their season. Um, looking around, you know, I think Litchfield probably quite surprised in the end that they finished where they were, but. Their bowling attack got them out of um, got them out the can I say shit a few times, but um, yeah, very they had very like you know the three top quality seamers actually, and like we've said before, the pitches kind of help the seamers all all through the season. So, would you say they're the best bowling attack you face this season? Uh, I'd, uh, I'd probably say Barnard's Green. When Barnard's Green had their full full strength attack, you know, uh, at one stage Barnard's Green had an opening attack of Josh Tong, Jerome Taylor, and Zayn Hassan. So, yeah, you don't. I think that attack would do pretty well in the in the top division. So, there's not many. I haven't faced many better attacks than that. Although I did it during first ball for four. Oh, that's <laughs> <not fair. laughs> I, I didn't get one that full for the rest of that innings. So. <laughs> <laughs> Any in your heart. <laughs> but, yeah. no. Good. Any, Good, any chat. Other thing Good. <laughs> Good chat. Yeah. yeah, so Wolverhampton were the victors and... Uh, no one, no one looked like stopping them. Early pace setters and carried on all the way through. Sam, yeah, they they just seemed to just win games out of nowhere as well. I think I remember one game where, you know, I think I think it was against Worthill actually, where they were they were really struggling, and then um, skipper Will Neal just came out and just smashed 150 and got them up to 300. And they just seemed to keep doing that. They just when you've got guys like Warwick and Tom Fell, I mean Tom Fell played you'd probably say 18 out of the 22 games you know the top top cricketers is and you know the, the guy who opened with that um with Warwick he, he had a great season as well you look at and then you look at what you got coming in after that you got Charlie Ohm and um Will and some very experienced cricketers down there so they're they're the great they had a great side. They've got a good spin attack as well. Um, and they had no C's who pretty decent, decent seamer. They so they picked up for free, just knocking around Wolverhampton. So yeah, they all round they had a very well rounded side and deserved it. Really, there was no one getting anywhere near them in the end. And Dorridge, a much better season compared to last, where they finished 10th, uh, finding themselves in at 6th place. And it's obviously a side who got relegated a couple of seasons ago. Would you say that that's about where they should be, or do you think that they should have been competing at the top? I think I think they'd be quite happy. I think they're just maybe just consolidating a little bit for for a, a couple of years until they, they probably try and have another push at it. They're, they've, got, they've got some some class players, you know, Chris Wright played a lot of cricket for them. Ben Shepperson probably didn't have the, the year that he, he'd expect. He had a very good year that the season before and probably didn't score the runs that he, he'd expect to. But, you know, they've got, a, they've got they've got a very good side and I think in the next couple of years they've got a couple of young Warwickshire lads coming through as well. I think they, they have a lot of juniors coming through. So, you know, I think in the, in the next few years they'll be... Uh, They'll probably be back up there, I'd imagine. 
so with the right recruitment or right amount of luck or right amount of availability, who who do you think's got the closest chances? I'd say like Harbon Harbon seem to be the the kind of nearly side every year. They they seem to be in the top two going into the final few weeks, and then I don't. I'm not sure what happens. So they've got they've got a good strong kind of core group of players that've been there for years, and they seem to they they play very well at home. They play very well in their conditions. So it's a, it's a very good place to place to bat and they've, they've got batting all the way down they've got strong spinners they're overseas he's played the last couple of years there he scores a lot of runs takes a lot of wickets and and that young lad who bowls left arm spin I think he played a bit for Scotland uh, Davidson he's a top quality spinner so if he if he, they can keep hold of him they're going to be a, they're still going to be very strong next, next year On the other side of the coin who do you think have got to be Worried? Who do you think have got to put some recruiting in? And you've obviously mentioned that Charlie Home, Schiffnall's new recruiters uh, take pulling all of your lads for chats, get like Love Island. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, it's, it's just what I hear anyway. But um, yeah, I think Schiffnall. I think they kind of needed to as well. Looking at the way their year went last year, they need to kind of strengthen in the club. But you know, a little heads up, please, before you start talking to more players. Thank you. But um, home has taken Ryan Lockley over to the fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> As Sam watches right. on from by the pool. <laughs> You're not skipper again, are you, Sam? Nah. Fuck that. You, you, it sounds like you are. No, no. I just, I just, just like to be involved, don't I? But yeah, I mean, we, I think we're gonna, we need to. We need to start doing something because you know Mike Hill's left and gone back to Meekins and Dave, Daddy Dave's hung up his boots. So Has he? yeah, yeah, he's retired. Well, he's an absolute. Everyone thinks he. Everyone thinks he will probably be back playing in May, but you know he's he's been quite he's been quite honest about it. Probably through the season, I think the captaincy tipped him over the edge. To be honest, he just couldn't handle it and. Wants to get on the golf course, spend a bit more time with the missus. Uh, Do we need to like take a moment, like the two, like a two-second silence for Daddy Dave? <laughs> I think for I think for him, he's. I, I don't know. He might. Is it every chance that he might play? Because cricket's been his life for uh, all his life. Like he 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 doesn't know anything but cricket on a Saturday afternoon. So it'll be very, very. Um, I reckon it'd be. Very different. Two form. games in, and then. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, he has said that he, you know, he he's not, you know, if we're really desperate, he will play. But I I I think he's just gonna have a year, a year, maybe two off. He might miss it. He might he might not. You know, depends how his golf goes. Really, if his golf goes shit, he'll just come back and play cricket. <laughs> so, do we have a replacement for captain for twenty twenty three, or is that yet to be announced? Uh, yet to be announced yet, so no, not sure yet. There's uh, putting it to the top of the vote. Uh, within, the... Put out a vote who should be the new captain, and also <laughs> if you want to put it out to the vote, who should replace Daddy Dave as the uh, person we mentioned most on the podcast. Um, if you'd like to be considered as the new Daddy Dave, then please uh, message us uh, at Cow Corner Podcast. Um, <laughs> or go on the app. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to plug things. Sorry, this is a three pin. 
It's a good point. It's a good point, really, though, isn't it? Who's going to replace Danny Day? We need to get him on. He needs to come on for it. I think so. Um, a one and only appearance. Daddy it's Day, a... best 11. Oh, we'd love it. Go on. Yeah, do, let's it. do it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get him on. Danny Day. Daddy Day, get on here. Um, that's just that's something that will be clipped and will sound horrible. <laughs> Especially with you going like this. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good job this is audio. Um, so, yeah, moving on. Um, <laughs> so, one last team that we haven't mentioned are obviously Himley and uh, Bromsgrove, mm. finding themselves in similar positions to where they've been previously. Um, thoughts on them this season, Sam? Yeah, Himley, I think for them, they had, they had a good season. They, they missed, you know, big... Big players that they were missing like halfway through this season. Of obviously, Ollie Westbury went and started working for Shrewsbury Town. So as soon as the football season started, he he couldn't play. Um, he's a big big loss for them. And then Jamie Turner, Dodger, struggled with injuries this year, and he he's their front line seamer. So they they were missing a couple of players, but I think they actually did they did really well considering two big members not playing. They're Graham White from Northants playing quite a lot of cricket for them, so that's helpful. You know, he was he was Northants leading wicket taker in the T20 Blast, so to have, to bring someone in like that who plays 15, 16 games is huge, and you know, very experienced, and I think he offered a little bit with the bat as well. So, and Bromsgrove, yeah, I think they'll be disappointed. They they um will point to his nipples, um. Bromsgrove, yeah, I think they were just here and there. They were just stuck in the middle the whole time. They they got a, a top side. I know they've done a little bit of recruiting already as well, so they're looking to looking to strengthen. Jaden didn't play as many games, um, and he's a big miss. You know, you look at the top run scorers, and he's usually up there scoring eight hundred, nine hundred thousand runs. So um, he wasn't quite up there this year, so I think they missed him. Mm. And then, uh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Will in, the, in yeah. the background there pointing to his Cow Corner t-shirt there, Sam. Obviously, only two months away until we can all wear our favourite garment, the Cow Corner Christmas jumper. One month. <laughs> yeah, one month away. Well, by the time this podcast gets released, only one week. Um, <laughs> we've got another year. 12 months. <laughs> can we do something again this year? Because that was quite fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, de- yeah let's definitely do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was great fun. Um, well, obviously, outside looking in, uh, your thoughts on Division Two? Uh, it's Wanley below. Um, <laughs> uh, it's got the same amount of teams. Uh, not sure, to be honest. Um, it's interesting to be. You know he's got he's got strong bowling attacks. Um, yeah, I, I'd probably be su- I am probably surprised with West Brom as well. Um, they, they you would have thought they wanted to have finished higher than they did. Um, Warsaw was a big surprise, but other than that, you know, Wolverhampton are a really strong club. Um, they made some good additions, didn't they? So with Warwick, so they're always going to be up there. 
Um, and Barnard's Green has been a side that's been around and about, haven't they, for a few years and not quite got over the line or not quite made it. So, um, yeah, I think, and I think you probably maybe are more disappointed to not be more in the mix because they've been in the mix a little bit the last few years. Um, not sure, but yeah, mm. middle of the road, Emily a little bit, isn't it? Mm. So um, that seems to be around about where they finish at the moment. But yeah, and I don't. Obviously, not knowing some of these sides really, other than West Brom and Dorridge, it's been a few years. Sides change year to year, don't they? So I really don't know a great deal about yeah. strengths and weaknesses of some of these sides. Okay, so moving on to the player performances in Division Two. So leading the runs was Thomas Fell with 911 runs of Wolverhampton, a high score of 111. Oh, Nelson. Uh, average of 53.59, 850s and two tons at a strike rate of 74.19. In second place, Bazit Zaman of uh, Werfield with 909 runs. In third place, Michael Hill of Bridge North with 850 runs. In fourth place of Harborn, Swapnil Gugali, 802 runs. In fifth place from Bromsgrove, Alex Milton with 793 runs. In sixth place, Warwick Finn of Wolverhampton with 750 runs. In seventh place from Warsaw, on Bosale with 708 runs. In eighth, Terjas Wagel with 695 runs. In ninth place, George Rhodes of Barnard's Green with 645. And then finishing out the top 10, Kobe Herft of um, West Bromwich Dartmouth with 611. The tons in Premier Division 2. Warwick Finn and George Rhodes both got three. Thomas Fell, Bazitz Mann, Michael Hill, Tedros Wagel, Kobe Hurth, Bilal Hussain, Rehan Edavala, Ben Shepperson, Ryan Tong, Jamie Harris and Will Neald all got two. The following all got one. Swapnil Gagali, Alex Milton, Ombasali, Raman Jot Jaswal, Riley Ward, Ollie Walker, Bruce Thomason, Matty Simmons, Ishmael Mohammed, Ibat Thaman, Ross Orcott, Joe Dodd, Stuart Fielding, DG Ball, Tim Maxfield, Oliver Cox, Mateen Khan, Jasper Davidson, Will Rhodes, Ashley Newfield, and Chris Wright. With the ball, leading the wicket takers in this division was James Wilkinson of Litchfield, 54 wickets with a best of seven for 24. Three five wicket hauls, an econ rate of 3.82, a strike rate of 23.37 and an average of 14.89. In second place from Himley, Graham White with 44. In third place from Litchfield, Brinda Figura with, with 42. In joint fourth place, Akab Ahmed of Wolverhampton, Jordan Bullpit of Warsaw, Sajid Ahmadzi of West Bromwich Dartmouth, Joint seventh with 36 wickets, 12th attempt at this one. Riley Ward of Litchfield Cricket Club and George Rhodes. In ninth place, Swapnil Gagali of Harborn. And in joint tenth with 34 wickets, Warwick Finn and Graham Wagg. In <laughs> the five wicket halls. The five wicket halls, James Wilkinson and Riley Ward of Litchfield, Zainal Hassan all got three, Zainal Hassan of 
Mark Green, the following goal got two, Jordan Bullpit of Warsaw, Swapnil Gugali and PG Harris. The following goal got one, Graham White, Brinda Figura, Akab Ahmed, George Rhodes, Warwick Finn, Graham Wagg, Sam Whitney, Perry Derrick, Jack Mills, DG Ball, Jasper Davison, Andrew Harrison, <laughs> Zakira Paruk, Tarek Shori, Tim Maxfield, Mateen Khan, James Astley, Sukjit Singh, Daddy Dave Exel, Adam Finch, Kieran Patel, Gareth Williams, James Bayliss, Josh Dickinson, Matt Jevons, and Danny Cohen. So, guys, some great individual performances there. But who stands out for you as your players or player of the season player. in Division Two? Player, player. Um, I think Warwick. He's got to be up there, isn't he? He's up there on both lists. I think probably he's the only one on both lists. Um, maybe Swap Mill as well, but he didn't score the amount of runs that he usually does. Um, look at the amount of wickets. I mean, James Wilkinson had an unbelievable year. He, I think he was leading wicket taker by at least 10, wasn't he? So he was the standout bowler. You look at the the scorecards every week and he was taking wickets, um, you know, he was taking three, four, five each week. So a big, big, tall guy, bowled a decent pace and just bowled at the stumps as well. So, yeah, him and Brinda and Riley Ward, very, very handy um, pace attack, that is. Um, in the batting stance, like you'd expect someone like Tom Feld to be there if he's going to play that many. He's going to play that many games. He's going to be up there, um, and you know Bazit from Worthfield, but like bowling at him this year at Worthfield was was not fun at all. I think he actually hit me into the nets. I think at one stage, and if you've played at Worthfield, the nets are a long way away from the from the pitch. So yeah, that was fun. But I mean, it was the first time I've seen him bat, and he hits a very clean ball. He's hit a long, long way. So get it dirty then. Yeah, he he kind of he does it. He and, he and he seems to turn up as well when it matters. When he seems to score big hundreds like he did in the playoffs last year, he scored two or three hundreds in the playoffs. And um, this year, when they were looking um, down and out, he kind of turned it on and and got him out of there. So yeah, he's a very good player. Uh, I've noticed looking at that, there's a lot more people getting into the forties. Um, wickets wise about six players getting into the 40s probably a lot more wickets and the runs is quite a bit down from the from Div 1 as well so uh, obviously that reflects more bowler friendly pitches I'd have thought uh, how many um, how many of those are spinners Sam do you know of the top 10 uh, Graham White but you, you know the amount of games he plays he's a, he's a professional cricketer and North yeah. Island spinner in the T20 bash you expect him to be up there and then you say George Rhodes as well, so yeah, Warwick, Wagbold, Spin, he's under 11. Yeah, but the one um, the guys who were like 9, 10, 11, I think Whitney was probably 13, 14, um, 13. Yeah, so I think there's a few spinners maybe around they, the 30 stage. Maybe there's a difference, maybe there's just a lot more spinners in this in this league. Do you reckon you would call quality spinners or spinners that ball more overs, maybe? Um, in this league, you think? Whereas, uh, you know, in Div One, it's seemed to be very seamer heavy, um, but a lot more runs being scored as well. So, yeah, you look on, you look yeah. on the sides, and you think like uh, the teams that the teams that were up there. You know, you like so 
Wolverhampton. Looking at their side, Finch actually played quite a few games. Um, and then their overseas was Seema, um, Akab Ahmed Seema. Their attack was mainly seen. And, you look, and then Harborn, Litchfield, Barnard's Green, all seam attack. So the teams that kind of did well were the teams with the best seamers, I'd say. Cool. Yeah, so looking at the best player performances, it's interesting to see that there are three players who come up in the top few uh, for that. Obviously, James Wilkinson got the top performance with the ball this season with seven for 24. Uh, but then the next two, Swapnil uh, got six for four and Riley Ward got six for nine. Uh, Swapnil got in again in the top performances with six for 24 and Warwick Finn also got six for 31. Um, they Very were good. in the top 10 with the ball. Um, and then with the bats, then you've got Swapnil uh, with 169 and Warwick Finn's 151 that out. And then Riley Ward's 134. Um, both those three players making the top 10 for performances and also putting up good figures throughout the season. You get what you pay for. Nice. Well, <laughs> you'd hope so, wouldn't you? You'd hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, has been up in, in the last few years. He's a, he's class. I mean, we played him in that 2020 finals day and Jesus, he hit us, he hit us everywhere. That was a bad day. Um, and, yeah, Warwick, you know, you, I think sometimes you look at the scorecards and think, oh, he hasn't, he, he's not blowing teams away with like strike rate, but he holds the Indians together. And then, you know, 10 hours later, they're on 300. He's 120 not out. And he's, uh, and that's mainly because of him. So he's a, he's a class act. And you look at, you know, you look at his stats in the Birmingham League and they're phenomenal. The amount of 100 he scored and he's probably averaging near around 50 in the Birmingham League. And, you know, he's, he's up there with the wickets as well. He's probably taken over 400. So, yeah, he's, uh, He's, he's probably the difference in Wolverhampton's side this year, I'd say, along with, you know, Tom Fowle playing a lot of cricket for them. So, as we come to the end of the podcast, I'll ask you both a question from both divisions. Um, who do you think, which youngster, who do you think is going to make the biggest impact and who's going to be the standout player next season? Well... <laughs> <laughs> Young player, um, uh, two players uh, stood out to me, Henry Cullen and Callum Bennett, Henry Cullen from Kenilworth, um, played really well and I think um, I think Callum bagged well against us at Kitty as well, both um, young lads and lots of confidence, lots of potential, lots of ability, yeah, I would expect them to go on and score a lot of runs. You heard it here first. Don't let me down. Um, young players, I'd say. You know, the likes of Harborn, Davidson, left thumbina, very good, very good control. If he, if he keeps going, you know, I think he'd probably play a lot of cricket for Worcester, and you know, I think he like plays Scotland as well. So, uh, him and you know, there's a couple of lads at Himley, Ollie Walker and Ollie Cox. I think you know, Ollie Cox. You know. Very confident lads who just come out and you know if it's up there it's it's kind of gone. They hit the ball a long way and they seem to yeah 
lot of confidence and I can see them scoring a lot of runs. And I think they were they were the reason why Himley, even though they lost a couple of big players, they, they had a couple of young lads in that middle order who scored some very valuable runs. And yeah, good, good cricketers. A couple of the young lads at Shrewsbury, if I can plug them. Yeah, think, uh, I was I think, about to uh, say, I'm surprised you haven't picked plugs that's weird. Well, no, this I, season. No, I think... Uh, oh, I don't, yeah, Rob Foster, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I don't know what, um, yeah, is there some sort of like um, old fossil to look out for? Because uh, I'm up there as well. You know, uh, it's an fossil. Um, uh, Harry Darley came on really well second half of the season, sort of bowl really quick, got a fifer against um, Bart Green at their place and moved the ball a long way and a real handful. And I think, um, Found his role in the side second half of the season to, to go on and do really well next year with that understanding of the league. And um, and he, although he's been around a while, but he's still really young. Uh, George Hargrave is getting better and better. He just looked unbelievable. Um, broke that record for you for his uni and scored a few hundreds for us as well. And just always looks like scoring runs always. Would would you say he's a better player with his hair shaved? Um, well, I was a bit disappointed because it just left me on my own. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, now I'm now I'm once again God one eight, um, and uh, you know, I just turned it one day looking at a cross between Sinead O'Connor and Eleven from Stranger Things. Which uh, <laughs> there you go. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Good player. Serious player. Yeah. Fantastic. And, yeah, I was going to say George Hargrave for another good season. Hamza Sheikh from Kendi. And on that bombshell, uh, we'll move ourselves on to the final section. Are we not doing, are we not doing any rumours? <gasps> I ain't got any rumours. No, nah, it'll take forever anyway. Shift on everyone. <laughs> so... Shift for going down, that's the only rumour, right? We do have... Um, are we recording? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so just before we go, we do have a couple of quick questions sent in from the listeners that I should have asked earlier, but I forgot. Um, okay. We've got one question saying, "How that many that big. interested to hear, <laughs> interested to hear how much of a step up they feel it is from the county feeder leagues to the Birmingham League Division Two?" Enormous. Wouldn't. Wouldn't know. Um, yeah, I think it is. It is big. You look at oh, the teams that have come up. Um, Weirfield have had to. You know, Weirfield probably lost their first seven or eight games, and and then you know, and, and they'd recruited quite a bit, and you know, they, they then then bring in the likes of Will Rhodes, the Warwickshire captain who played, you know, seven or eight games and a, a very good player. And they only just kind of scraped by in the end, mainly due to Bazic's runs. Um, and then you look at Wem. Wem had a great season last year. And and then I think maybe got a little bit found out. I think teams kind of got used to their pitch. I mean, last year they were a bit of a surprise package because they were new. No one really knew where Wem was and... And then we turned up and uh, this year and 
teams kind of got used to playing on their pitch and and used to their bowling attack as well. And I think, you know, we haven't really touched on it, but I think the Ryan Wag influence hasn't been as big as they hoped it would be. You know, I think they'd probably prefer it if he ran in and bowled seamers because I think his seamers would have been very, very effective on, on their wicket. Um, and, yeah, it seemed with the bat, he just, at times, it, he was left with quite a lot to do. So, yeah, uh, I, I'd say the gap is is pretty, pretty big. I mean, Ludlow, if they'd gone up, I think they probably would have had a similar season to Wem last year because being a bit of a surprise package, you know, a long way for a lot of clubs to travel and, you know, a good group of local lads with a very good overseas. So I think they would have... They would have surprised a few, but then maybe might have struggled a bit in their second season. So you just find that what you won't find, what you won't have in top to league are all the lads who are playing county twos cricket who come and play every week. You know, you you just don't have them, and there are no contracted players allowed at all in um in the in the in the feeder league, well, in the Shropshire league, there isn't anyway. So you know, you you're going to come across at least four players of a quality that you won't have found in the feeder league in it every week um, who, who play for a professional county team or yeah I think it's, it's um, I think I think it's definitely going to help though um, with the Shropshire League uh, mirroring the Birmingham League now with their coloured kit and white balls so that's going to be definitely yeah. massive, a massive help for the Shropshire Leagues that are coming up because you know Worthill came up and their first five or six games of white ball cricket and I know they played a bit of, you know, 100 ball cricket and 2020s here and there, but playing 50 over cricket with a white ball was a completely different ball game. They, you know, they needed to find five out and out bowlers to, you know, bowl their 50 overs. And I think they came a little bit unstuck there. And I think they probably surprised a little bit by the amount that the white ball actually moved early on. So, yeah, um, which it didn't do this year. No. Have you noticed it didn't really swing, did it? Yeah, Everyone was expecting it to swing, and it did absolutely did nothing. It's Sunday, we were all like, "What's Everyone going on here?" Yeah. yeah, everyone went on about it. Everyone went on about it last year, didn't they? That's all yeah, they talked about. And then moved, moved, moved yeah. at hoops, at hoops, and this year it just basically. I was really surprised. Completely different, and uh, and that's probably reflects the amount of runs that were scored actually, mm. um, and maybe the amount of wickets because people were actually nicking it. They weren't missing it. <laughs> you know, a lot of playing misses the year last year. Um, but I think it definitely takes a year or two um, to get used to playing that white, white ball. It's taken a few teams a little bit of time to figure out how they want to play or how they want to go about it. So, um, yeah, definitely it's, that will help. Thank you very much for that question, Charlie. Uh, we have a few others which are all kind of mentioning about the everything that's gone on that we've mentioned before in regards to, like... Uh, relegated sides but I'll pick this one from Rahul which uh, basically summarises everything else he goes when do you reckon there'll be a decision made I think we've broached that one he goes but uh, do you think it will have an impact on other clubs in the Birmingham League got to be before Christmas Mm. otherwise they won't be able to have time to plan anything Um, so you probably think the first couple of weeks and and, well you probably find the next two weeks I would have thought yeah I, I think somewhere around the first week of November I think we'll have a decision so, and, you know. I don't think it will affect many people. But I think it will be, I think what the statement will be is um, they might outline what the penalties will be mm. for further breaches. 
obviously that's not in place. So they might be the hands now forced. I mean, to like I say, this doesn't happen. Maybe this is the, the, the these are the penalties. And one one number here, Ross asks how many Shropshire clubs will be relegated from the BD from the Birmingham League? Um, Sam? No. Zero. I reckon. Well, when? So one. When definitely will be relegated. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, okay. Yeah. Thank so. you very much, guys, for your input. Obviously, the next episodes will react um, to the news and we'll also be doing a Christmas special and it's transfer rumours season. So feel free to inundate us on Instagram, Twitter and on Facebook. You can follow us on Cow Corner Podcast and at Cow Corner Pod. Um, and you can send us in your transfer rumours. If you want to email it in, you can email it to cowcornerpodcast at gmail.com. Um, thank you very much as always for supporting and we'll move ourselves on to our final bit so uh, another evening done and another season of podcasts in the book and into our primetime season now the off season when we do more podcasts than during the season but uh, once again thank you very much uh, for everyone who's listened to this podcast and hopefully you've enjoyed it throughout the season and uh, hope you all winter well but um once more, I just want to say thank you very much, uh, guys, for turning up. So thank you very much, Sam. Thank you, James. Thank you very much, Will. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Izzy. Thanks very much, James. And um, also, all the best to Will for next year as not as, as a non-captain. Oh, wonderful. thanks very much. What for five years, mate? I'm looking forward to turning up five minutes late every week. Hungover. <laughs> <laughs> Not replied. Was there any availability texts? Oh, so how, so how's that different when you were captain? Uh, yeah, fair, fair point. Yeah, I, I was I was there before the grounds in this year trying to sort that blooming camera. So yeah. I'll be there early. Actually, oh god, you'll be right. you'll be around the twos, mate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Good old days. Very, and thank you very much, Sam. You said that, didn't you? And thank you very much, Will. He's done me as well. He's done everyone. All right, fantastic. <laughs> and thank you very much to you for listening. This has been another episode of the Cal Corner Podcast. Until next time, goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 